Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Peringer. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone! Yeah, you know, it is an exciting time and everything that we have in Christ. We, we've been studying uh, prophecies and pictures in the Old Testament, and so today I want to turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, and I'll be reading verses 1 through 7 here in just a, a little bit. Uh, but I read the other day a story about a teenager who was walking home from work. He worked at one of the local burger joints. And uh, to get home, he usually took a shortcut through a cemetery. Well, this particular night, late at night, it was a very dark night. The moon was covered. And he, the teenager couldn't really see where he was going as he was going through the cemetery. And so he was stumbling and tripping and bumbling all over different objects and headstones and things like that when all of a sudden he fell into a freshly dug grave that he couldn't see in his path but the grave was dug very deep it was probably at least eight feet or more deep and he couldn't he struck even though he struggled he couldn't get his way out of there and so he finally just kind of gave up and and was hoping that in the morning someone would be, come by and hear his cries for help and help him leave well, it happened that that same night there was an old farmer who was nearby who decided to do some possum hunting in that same cemetery. Well, the farmer ran, ran into the same exact problems as uh, that guy from the burger joint. He, it was so dark, he was bumbling and he was stumbling and he was tripping over everything. Well, all of a sudden he too fell into that same freshly dug grave and he too began a desperate attempt to try and get out of that grave, but it was so dark he was unaware that anybody else was in there in the grave with him. The teenager couldn't see this farmer, but he could hear the farmer and listen to the farmer for a few minutes trying to get out. But the farmer had the same luck. He wasn't able to get out, and so he was stuck down there with him. Well, finally, wanting to console the farmer, the teenager reached out in the pitch black darkness and placed his hand on the farmer's shoulder and said, you can't get out of here. To this day, the teenager's not sure how that old farmer jumped straight out of that grave in one giant leap, but he's pretty sure that it was a world record that he made it out of there. You know, that may be a silly story, but I think it speaks to the condition of the world. People are bumbling and stumbling in the darkness, and not just the world. We know the world is dark, but even individuals in their lives, sometimes they are bumbling and they are stumbling through the darkness. Yes, the world is dark because it embraces sin. It embraces things that are contrary to God. So it is in the dark. You have those who are without Christ. They are groping in the dark. But sometimes even we who belong to Jesus Christ, we go through seasons. We go through things that make it seem like our lives are shrouded in darkness and we seem to be stumbling and bumbling and kind of tripping along in life. And maybe we too feel like we've fallen into a very deep, dark hole. And sometimes, you know, that brings about some hopelessness and, and helplessness. I mean, yeah, we do the church thing where, you know, we put on a front and we put on a mask. Everything's great. People ask you at church, how are you doing? What do you say? Great. Everything's great. But, you know, if Christmas reminds us of, of anything, 
is that one, we don't have to put on a mask. God knows exactly what's going on in our lives. But another thing that it reminds us is that no matter how dark the darkness is, there is an even greater light. Even in the midst of the deepest, blackest darkness of the soul, one of the church fathers called it a dark night of the soul. Even when you're going through a dark night of the soul, there is light. And so I've been going through the Old Testament. I'm going through prophecies and pictures of Christ to give us a fuller understanding of who Christ is. All these different pictures and, and, and prophecies, they don't give us the full picture, but they're a piece of the puzzle that shows us who they were looking forward to and who we are looking back on this Christmas season. And so he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And I pray that looking at these prophecies and pictures gives us a greater appreciation of who he is. And I want to encourage us today that whenever there is a dark night of the soul, that you would let the light shine in to dispel the darkness. And this is what Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah chapter 9, that there would be a great light. And so I want to read verses 1 through 7 of Isaiah 9, if you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word, as I read this prophecy. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light shone. You have multiplied the nations, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian." For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, we are so thankful that you were zealous to send us the light. You were zealous to send us a savior because you so loved us that you gave your only son. May that humble us this Christmas. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The direct context of the prophecy has to do with the nation of Israel, but it pointed Israel to the ultimate help that God would send in the person of Christ. Today, I'm just going to glean three quick lessons, principles, from the passage to help us embrace the light of Christ this Christmas season, encourage us to hold on to the hope of what Christmas offers us. And so our first 
lesson today is that our circumstances are not beyond God's light. Our circumstances are not beyond God's light and never will be. Now, verses 1 through 2 in the passage that I read today, they, they're a bit of a, a transition from the fuller prophecy. I mean, Isaiah chapter 8 obviously had led to this point, and it's a continuation. But what he's doing, he's prophesying a soon-coming army of the Assyrians that would take over the northern kingdom of Israel and take them into captivity and carry them away. But these Assyrians would also would be very much a thorn in the side of the southern kingdom of Judah. And Isaiah forewarned that there was going to be times of great distress. There was going to be times of gloom and affliction because God's judgment was coming upon his people. It would fall upon the land of Israel, and the Assyrians were actually the tool that God would use of his judgment. And so at their hands, they, he, they were going to suffer many hardships, or as it is described at the end of chapter 8, verse 22, they will be thrust into thick darkness. Now, Israel as a society had pretty much turned pagan, carnal, idolatrous. And, but those who stayed faithful to the God of Israel, those who followed the law that he gave, those who worshiped the true God, they were mocked, they were belittled, they were berated, they were minimized. And so they were in spiritual darkness. Many were far from God. Some were in a darkness because of their idolatry. Some were in a darkness imposed on them by the society or their circumstances. And so this darkness overshadowed them. This, this possibility of destruction and even deeper gloom was over them. I mean, the darkness seemed to constantly get darker. And then the, these are the problems in the northern kingdom of Israel. Those same things kind of seeped into the southern kingdom of Judah as well. And so things seemed dire. Things seemed impossible. Things seemed like they were never going to change. Things seemed like, well, the darkness is just going to win. So while these things looked dire, in the midst of doom and despair and darkness, God said, yes, there's going to be darkness for a time, but those same people experiencing the darkness, when they turn to their God, they will see a great light. No matter how hard things were going to get for Israel, God says he is going to shine a light in that darkness that no one would be able to snuff out. We know that light is Jesus Christ. We know that light is who we celebrate here at Christmas. Jesus said of himself in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so, yeah, in, in Israel, even in Judah, the darkness seemed impossible to overcome. The darkness in the world seems impossible to overcome. The darkness that's going on in our lives seems impossible to overcome. And yet Jesus is the light. Jesus is the ultimate light. He is the light of truth. He is the light of life. He is the light of hope. He is the light of peace. He is the light of love. John the Apostle said in 
his, if you want to call it, kind of a prelude or an introduction to his gospel in John 1, verses 4 through 5. He said, in him, in the word, was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot and will not ever overcome it. Just can't. The circumstances of our world, the circumstances of our lives might seem overwhelming, but nothing is impossible with God. Christ's light will shine in the darkness and nothing can overcome it. Christ is the answer to the promises given to the nation of Israel and Christ is the answer to the promises given to us. He is the light that shines in the deepest darkness and when it does, that darkness cannot blow that candle out, so to speak, snuff that light out, overcome that light. The darkness never will. I read in uh, one of Jim Simbola, he pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle, I read in one of his books, Breakthrough Prayer, a story about a young man who was literally cursed from the start. You know, I, we, we might not admit it, but oftentimes there's people we come across in life and we're quick to judge. We're quick to judge that, yeah, God can't do anything with them. We're quick to judge that, yeah, even God can't reach them. Well, yeah. There was a, there was a man who it seemed like that. It would seem like this young man was beyond God's reach. His name was Nicky Cruz. He was born in a house in Puerto Rico that was literally dedicated to the powers of darkness because the family practiced sorcery and seances and all that stuff, that occult stuff. And Nikki was one out of 18 children that was living in that house that was frequented by mediums and spiritualists and people like that. And being one of 18 children, obviously he didn't get the attention he wanted and so he would act up as a child and he was often severely punished and tortured because of his actions and his mother called him the son of Satan. And he grew up to be an uncontrollable rebel. And at the age of 15, he was so uncontrollable, in a remember, in a house filled with Satanists, he was so uncontrollable, he, they sent him to America to some relatives because they couldn't handle him anymore. Well, he quickly ran away and disappeared from the relative's house. And he took to living in the streets. And not long after, he became a warlord of a vicious street gang called the Mau Maus. And, and he was filled with rage. He was filled with anger. He expressed it through violence. He expressed it through crime. He expressed it through bloodshed. He was a twisted psychopath in a world of darkness who even frightened his friends, his supposed friends, his gang members. And police psychologists said, there's no doubt his lifestyle is going to lead to the electric chair. But then God sent a street preacher who dared to share the gospel with Nikki. He didn't look at Nikki and say, oh man, not even going to bother. I mean, come on, no, I'm not going to be able to reach him. No one's going to be able to reach him. No, he dared to share the gospel with Nikki. And through that street preacher telling of the glory of Jesus Christ, telling the gospel that Jesus died and Jesus saves, God shed light into that dark heart of Nicky Cruz and he was miraculously saved. And instead of being filled with rage, he was filled with love. 
And God so moved in his life that Nikki actually became an evangelist that God has used in mighty ways. You know, there's a lot of darkness in the world and there might be a lot of darkness going on in our lives, but there is nothing that is beyond Christ's light and healing. Israel seemed like they were way beyond it. And yet God said, I'm going to send light. Nikki Cruz looked like he was completely given into the darkness, and yet God said, I am sending light. There is no person and there's no circumstance where God cannot intervene. There's no person, there's no circumstance where the light of Christ cannot shine and make a difference. And just as it was promised to the nation of Israel, so it is promised to us on Christmas morning in the midst of darkness, there has come a great light. And so don't ever think that anything is beyond the light of Christ. The second lesson I want us to see today is to place our hope in the promise of God's light. Place your hope there in the promise of God's light. Israel, as a nation here, they, yeah, they were, they were gonna go through a time of gloom and anguish and, and thick darkness, as it says in chapter eight, but for those who had placed their faith in the promise of light that God would give, they would receive the blessings that come with that light. And you know, verses three through five, they kind of it gives a description of the blessings that would come for those who would turn to the light. According to verse three of our passage, God's light brings joy. Like now, what's being described here? It's an agriculturally centered, you know economy in that day, Israel was, and so God's light would bring joy like the joy that they felt when they had an abundant harvest, when there was abundance. It says that it would be the same kind of joy that they would feel when they would defeat a, a, a foe, defeat an enemy, and bring the, back the spoil. And so the light who is Jesus Christ brings joy, brings the joy of victory, brings the joy of of abundance, spiritual abundance, and the light defeats the darkness. We're told in Psalm 30, verse 5, for his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Yes, darkness brings sorrow, but light brings joy, and that is the joy that we have at Christmas, the joy of light. This is the joy of Emmanuel, God with us. It is not a joy based on circumstances. That's happiness, not joy. It is joy that is set in the one who controls everything and can overcome our circumstances. Our circumstances might not change, but we have joy because we have the one who is the light. And we will experience this joy when we pursue Jesus Christ. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's where our joy is found. And as long as you have Jesus, you have joy. No one can take that from you. But that's not the only promise that is given here. According to verse 5, another blessing is that through the light we are delivered from all peoples and things that oppress us. And, and so the picture that uh, Isaiah gives here in, in verse 4 is the image of an ox that is carrying a burden 
and there's a large yoke that's placed on its shoulders, but, and if the ox doesn't move quickly enough, then they're beat with a rod by the, the driver, you know, hits them with a large rod or whatever, and that's, you know, it, it's saying that this is kind of the picture of what the darkness will do to us. I mean, the darkness is a terrible slave driver. It's relentless. It's constantly bearing its weight down on our soul, and yet there is this promise that of, of, of victory, of deliverance from the oppression. The light will deliver you from the oppression that you feel. The, the light is our deliverer. Just as God would deliver Israel out of the hand of Assyria, God's light will deliver people from the darkness of sin and its effects. God's light, Jesus Christ, is our deliverer. He brings us freedom. And then another blessing is listed in verse 5, where we're told there's going to be the blessing of peace. The image that it uses here is the image of the tools of war, the weapons of war being taken and being used as fuel for the fire because they're no longer needed. He's saying there's going to be peace found in God's light. Now, you know, the, the peace that it's talking about isn't necessarily that hostilities will cease in our life, but it is a wellness of soul in spite of the chaos that's going on around us. He gives peace, even if, even if literally or figuratively all hell is breaking loose all around us, he brings peace peace. Your situation might not change. The situation of the world might not change. But in God's light, he will bring peace. You come to a place of finding your, your, your satisfaction and your peace in Christ. And so, you know, looking at these blessings that are listed here, we heed the, the word of the psalmist when he says in Psalm 103:2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget the benefits of Christ. The benefits of Christ, the, the light that gives joy, the light that gives deliverance, the light that gives peace. But to experience those blessings, you have to come to the light. You have to give your life to the light. You have to place your hope in the light. That's what the call to Israel was. Place your hope. Trust in the light that I am going to send. And so the third lesson we see today is to trust our lives with God's light, who is Christ. Now, from, when the, you know, from the perspective of when Isaiah was writing, you know, the light was still future, but from our perspective, the light has already come. And that light is Emmanuel, God with us. The reason we celebrate Christmas and what does Isaiah, well, God through Isaiah, what does he say about this light? I mean, I love the description given in verses 6 and 7. This is Christmas. This is Christmas right here. When, when, when our, our children and our grandchildren ask us, what's Christmas all about? Here it is, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Rulership of everything shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
prince of peace, of the increase of his government, of the increase of his rulership, and of the peace that he's going to bring, there's not going to be an end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so, yes, Jesus is that light. Unto us, that child is born. That child taught us the way. That child died for us. That child rose again. And the darkness cannot overcome him. Without Jesus, though, there is nothing but darkness. And we cannot get out of the darkness without the light. We cannot get out of the darkness in our own power. We can't generate enough pop psychology to get us out of the darkness. We can't have enough effort in the flesh to get us out of the darkness. It's not, we can't wish upon a star and get out of the darkness. There is only one source of light to get us out of the darkness. Unto us a child is born. Emmanuel, God with us. You cannot get out of the darkness alone. I mean, think about it. If you could have gotten out of the darkness alone, you would have done it a long time ago. But you can't. And so the child of light calls you to trust him with everything and watch his light shine in you and through you. And this light, this child who is the light, is described with some amazing pictures of who he is and how it is that he brings light to us. He is the wonderful counselor. This means that he is the one who is filled. He is, well, he's the source of divine wisdom, and he shares that wisdom with us. He is described as the mighty God. That means that he is God's divine warrior who goes to battle for his people. He is described as the everlasting father or father of eternity. That means that he is the eternal one who comforts us and cares us. It means that he is sovereignly in control of everything that's going on in his creation, including us, including our lives. And it says that he is the prince of peace. He is the only one through whom wholeness and wellness in our life can come. He is the only one through whom shalom, true shalom, can come, wellness of our souls. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can weather the storms of life brought about by the darkness. These, these descriptions of Jesus as the light is the description of a king whose kingdom will have no end. Right now, he rules and reigns in the hearts of believers. And so that means if you're a believer, the light is already ruling and reigning in you. He, he's waiting for you to give up control. We, we like to control our own lives, but that's not how it works. If he's king, we give up control to him so that his light can shine through us. But if you have never trusted in Jesus Christ, if you have never trusted in Emmanuel, you are still in darkness in every way. You may think you're enlightened. No, you are in darkness and you cannot escape that darkness without him there's going to come a time when you face eternity and if you die without jesus the bible says you're cast into outer darkness a place where the light of hope and peace and joy and deliverance doesn't come anywhere near it 
it never shines. When Dante wrote his book, in The Inferno, and it go, they go through the gate, you know, and it says, abandon all hope, all ye who enter here. I mean, it's not just hope. Abandon all peace, abandon all love, abandon all joy, abandon all light, abandon all anything that you could call good, because you are going to be in nothing but outer darkness. And the dark night of the soul that you have right now is but a foretaste of what you will experience for all of eternity. And so wouldn't it make sense for you to come to the light? Why would anyone want to stay in, in the darkness? Let the light shine. Come to the light. Don't remain in the dark. And as long as you're on this earth, it is never too late. It is never too late to come to the light. And there's nothing that can overcome that light. I close with this thought. I read about the late Senator John McCain, and he shared how he found Christ to be the light even in the darkness of a POW cell. He said in an interview, when I was a prisoner of war in Vietnam, my captors would tie my arms behind my back and then loop the rope around my neck and ankles so that my head was pulled down between my knees. I was often left like that throughout the night. One night a guard came into my cell. He put his finger to his lips signaling for me to be quiet and then loosened my ropes to relieve my pain. The next morning when his shift was ending, the guard returned and retightened the ropes, never saying a word to me. A month or so later, on Christmas Day, I was standing in the dirt courtyard when I saw that same guard approach me. He walked up and stood silently next to me, not looking or smiling at me. Then he used his sandaled foot to draw a cross in the dirt. We st stood wordlessly looking at the cross, remembering that the true light of Christmas shines even in the darkness of a Vietnamese prison camp. I hope it warms your soul to know that there is no place, there is no circumstance, there is no person beyond the reach of the light of Christ. There is nothing so dark that his light cannot shine there. You can't have the blessings of hope and joy and deliverance and peace without the light of Jesus Christ. You know, tonight, maybe many of you, when it finally gets dark, you'll go and look at Christmas lights. You'll go around, drive around neighborhoods and look at some of the beautiful displays that some folks have put up. When you look at that light, may it remind you in, that, in the middle of that darkness, you see that light, may it remind you that the light of Christ can penetrate the deepest darkness that there is. In you, in your loved ones, even in the world. Christian, maybe you need to come to the altar and be reminded about that light. Or maybe today you want to come to the altar and pray for someone who is in darkness. You know, if there's anything, if you ever, any lesson we learn about prayer in Scripture, it is perseverance of prayer. Don't ever give up praying for someone who needs the light. Don't ever think that they are beyond the reach of Christ. They are not. 
even Christ-like can shine even in them. So don't give up praying for them. Many here, though, may think that ethics is the light. Maybe they think that church is the light. Maybe they think morality is light. Maybe they think religion is the light. The light cannot be found in any of those unless they point you to the person of Jesus Christ. And if you've never come to that light, man, what a better Christmas present than that. Celebrating eternal life in the light who is Jesus Christ. You can receive the light today. and We're going to have our time of invitation and I'm going to be standing up here. And you're going to have so many people celebrating with you in that decision. Give a Christmas present to yourself. Come to the light, who is Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening and God bless.